0: Welcome to today's message by Pastor Tommy McMurtry of Liberty Baptist Church. Liberty Baptist Church is located in Rock Falls at 2002 9th Avenue, just across from the Dillon Grade School. Pastor Tommy would like to invite you to be a part of their Sunday services. The Sunday school hour is at 10 a.m., followed by their morning worship at 11 a.m., or their evening service at 6 p.m. They would also love to have you be a part of their midweek services on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We hope you will get a blessing this morning as Pastor Tommy brings you a message from the Word of God.
1: Good morning, everyone. I appreciate you tuning in today. I'm Pastor Tommy McMurtry of the Liberty Baptist Church in Rock Falls, the best-kept secret in town. But the secret's out. You need to come and give us a visit one of these days. We would love to have you, and this morning, I hope you will bear with me. I am struggling in the vocal cords a little bit. I've had a cold the last week, and if I sound mean and grumpy today, I'm not mean and I'm not grumpy. It's just my throat's all messed up, so I hope you will bear with me today, but I appreciate you listening and really hope to be a help to you. And right now what I want to do, uh, we're going to do a little bit of Bible trivia. All right? We're going to do some Bible trivia real quick instead of the usual jokes that I like to tell in the morning. And so let's see how good you are on your Bible trivia. So here we go. What kind of man was Boaz before he was married? Answer, ruthless. (laughs) Actually, these are jokes, um, but... uh, They're in the forms of questions. How about this one? What do they call pastors in Germany? German shepherds. Who was the greatest financier in the Bible? Noah. He was floating his stock while everyone else was in liquidation. Uh, How about this one? What kind of motor vehicles are in the Bible? Well, God drove Adam and Eve out of the garden in a fury. David's triumph was heard throughout the land. Also, probably a Honda is in the Bible because the apostles were all in one accord. Well, anyway, who was the greatest comedian in the Bible? And no, it is not, Pastor Tommy. It was Samson. He brought down the house. Uh, what excuse did Adam give to his children as to why he no longer lived in Eden? He said, your mother ate us out of house and home. And which servant of God was the most flagrant lawbreaker in the Bible? That would be Moses. He broke all ten commandments at one time. And which area of Palestine was especially wealthy? The area around Jordan. The banks were always overflowing. Um, Who was the greatest babysitter ever mentioned in the Bible? That would be David. He rocked Goliath to a very deep, deep sleep. Uh, Which Bible character had no parents? That would be Joshua, the son of none. And I hope those weren't too lame this morning. But uh, right now, uh, on a more serious note, we're going to go to Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. And we're going to start reading in verse 33. And it says that when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand, the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. Now this statement, I don't believe it was just made for the people that were crucifying him. I believe it was made for those who made him have to go to the cross. And really that's us. In Isaiah chapter fifty three verse twelve says, "Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. And I believe that verse right there. I believe it's prophetic of the two thieves. I mean he was numbered with the transgressors. Talking about those two thieves. But we know that when Jesus Christ was on the cross, He was paying for the sins of the whole world. He took upon Himself the sins of the whole world. And I believe when He said that prayer there, He was talking about more than just the people who crucified Him. Okay, Because the truth is, we're the ones that crucified Him. He was dying for our sins. He could have got off the cross at any time. The Romans weren't powerful enough to keep Him there. And, but I also, but I believe he was talking maybe about those two thieves who represent really two groups of mankind. You've got the one thief on the right. He was a man who was being punished for his sins. He was dying. He deserved that death that he was dying, but he got saved. We see the other one on the left hand. He was one that, same thing, deserved to be there, but. He did not get saved. He did not believe Christ. And Luke is the only one that gives this quote. And it comes right after he mentions those two thieves. And in Matthew chapter 25, verse 31, it's interesting though, because you got the right hand and the left hand, and nothing is on accident in the Bible. It was the one on Jesus' right hand that got saved, the one on his left that didn't. And in Matthew 25, 31, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, Then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. That thief on the right represents the saved. right, both thieves were sinners both deserved to die and you know what whether you're saved or lost today you're a sinner for all have sinned and come short of the glory of god we and even if you're saved today you still deserved to die and go to hell but thank god if you put your faith and trust in jesus christ you don't have to thank god that he saved our soul and notice you know that man after he got saved jesus didn't take away his punishment on the cross He could have got him down from the cross, but the truth is the man did deserve to die for the crimes he committed. He even admitted. I mean, when the one thief was kind of railing on Jesus Christ, saying, if you're really the Messiah, come down off the cross. That other thief said, hey, we're here because we deserve to be. This man hasn't done anything. And you see how that thief, he knew that he was a sinner. He knew he deserved that death, and he didn't ask Jesus to get him off the cross. He asked Jesus to just remember him in his kingdom. He wanted that salvation. He had probably heard Jesus talk about before. But that I want to focus on that statement that Jesus said where Father forgive them, for they know not what they do. And the truth is, I believe the lost today really they don't know what they're doing. Okay. And there's a reason for that. Okay? If your loss today you're spiritually dead. Okay, A lost person is spiritually dead. There are so many things in the Bible that can only be understood spiritually. They're spiritually discerned. And in our country today, it's real easy for us who are saved that could understand the spiritual things and look at all the junk that's going on in the world and say, what's wrong with these people? You know, Why can't these people see what they're doing? Why can't they see that this is going to destroy their life? But the truth is, they no they can't see it. They are spiritually dead. They are dead in their trespasses and sins and they are just going to so they're going to continue doing what they're doing. They don't understand. You know, they lack that spiritual understanding that can only you can only obtain if you're saved. If you're dead in your trespasses and sins, you have no spiritual strength. Even those of us who are saved we're still often tempted to do things that we shouldn't do. We're tempted to sin and God gives us the strength so we can overcome so we don't have to give in to that temptation. But the lost, they don't have that. You know, They're just living according to their nature. I mean, they're like the dog that returned to its vomit or the hog to the wallow. And you see the stuff that the world is doing. There's a very good reason for it. And they're spiritually dead. They don't know what they're doing. And that's what Jesus said on the cross. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And I think it's interesting that he prayed that because Jesus Christ, the very fact that he came and lived on earth as a man, it gave him that ability to see what it's like for us. He was tempted in all points as we are yet without sin. Okay, there was a difference between Jesus Christ and us. We sin, he never did. But at the same time, because he lived on earth as a man, he, he does know what we go through. And there's no excuse for it. Okay, we have no excuse to sin. But Jesus Christ, he loved us so much. He wanted us to be able to go to heaven anyway. So he paid for our sins and asked God to forgive us. And the only reason we get forgiveness from God, it's for Jesus Christ's sake. It's for his sake. God forgives us of our sins on behalf of Jesus Christ. Because he wants to save us. And what an amazing thing that is. But that are lost, they live according to their nature. And I know the question that comes up many times is, well, what about all these people that are out there who are lost, who don't claim to be Christians, but are really good people? Okay, what about those? And the truth is, there's a lot of goodness that you can see in people that's there. I think a lot of times because there's still a lot of biblical principles that are practiced in our culture. Okay, I mean there are certain things. Even people who aren't saved and never go to church, you know, they understand. You know, you ought to be forgiving. Okay, we've got, we've still got some of that ingrained in our culture. We didn't come from the eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth culture, and so people understand that a little bit. You know, there's, uh, you know, they know you shouldn't take things that don't belong to you. They know you shouldn't kill other people. You know, they, we've still got some of that in our culture where even lost people know you shouldn't do some of those things, okay? And they'll even, you know, do things like being giving and generosity. There's lost people that are very generous. Sometimes they're more generous than Christian people. But, you know, this type of goodness that we talk, we're talking about right here, did you know that it is still sinful in the eyes of God? Isaiah 64 6 says all our righteousness is are as filthy rags. That's how it is to God. Uh, Excuse me, our attempt at goodness does not impress God one bit. I mean, it's easy to impress other people. I am easily impressed. I've been impressed many times by people, but God is not impressed with our goodness. That's why salvation is our only hope. I mean, on your best day, you still deserved to die and go to hell. But Jesus Christ forgave you. He, he loved you. He paid for your sins. He prayed to God the Father and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And that includes you too, even on your best day. You don't even realize just how sinful you really are. We are all sinners. But you know, as saved people though, you know, a lot of times, I think we're the ones that really upset God. Because, the, once again, the lost, they don't know what they're doing. But save people, okay? Now that you're saved, we do know what we're doing, okay? We don't have any excuses, okay? And it's sad how many people today, they can't handle going to churches where preachers get up and preach against sin. Where they get up and they name sins and they get specific and point a finger at the crowd and say, you shouldn't do that. You know, the Bible says, thou shalt not, thus saith the Lord. It's amazing how many people who claim to be Christians can't handle that. There's something wrong with that. Okay, As believers, as saved people, we ought to understand that sin is a big deal. If you don't get that, okay? If you're one of these Christians out there that can't handle hard preaching, that can't stand When your sin gets named from the pulpit, let me ask you a question. Why did you think you needed to get saved in the first place? I mean, if you don't think your sin's that big of a deal, and if you think it's okay to go boozing it up on the weekend, you think it's okay to, you know, curse and swear and do all that junk people do, why in the world did you get saved in the first place? I mean, what was the point? Was it just something you could check off your list, you know, just to cover all your bases, try all the ways of getting into heaven. It's crazy how many people today who call themselves Christians won't allow their preachers to preach against sin. I mean, they'll get mad at him if he gets too specific, if he gets too hard. And listen, for a believer, we ought to encourage that. We ought to invite that. We ought to want to get convicted when we go to church. I mean, but we have no excuse to continue sinning we need to be reminded Okay, we have that sin nature we still have the sin nature even if we're saved but we now, now we know better we know better and we have the ability to get victory that the lost doesn't have First Corinthians 10 13 there hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able to but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. There is always a way out of sinning. I know people are always, well, you know, what if this happened? You know, they're always coming up with these scenarios where you have to sin. You know, you know, you believe it's wrong to steal. Well, yeah, I believe it's wrong to steal. Well, what if your children were going to starve to death if you didn't steal some food for them? Now, I'm not going to tell you that there will never come a day where you might feel like you need to steal in order to survive. But you know what the Bible says? God will always make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. You never have to sin. There is no excuse for us to sin. There is a way out. People are like, oh, you know, I have no choice. I can't do it. You know, This is the rules. You know, they, i, I got to follow these rules. This is what the government says we have to do. Listen, there is never an excuse to sin. They tried to tell Daniel you couldn't pray three times a day. That's what the government said. What did he do? He prayed anyway. And what they do to him? They threw him in a lion's den. But did it hurt him? No, it didn't. Tried it with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Government said you got to worship the image. They didn't do it. What did the government do? They threw him in a furnace. What did that accomplish? Absolutely nothing. You know, you never have to sin. Okay? There's always a way to escape. And if you're saved, you know what you're doing. Okay, and we need to be reminded of the seriousness of sin. We don't need to be grieving the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that dwells inside of us, the Holy Spirit that seals us into the day of redemption. We don't want to we do not want to grieve the Holy Spirit. We need to stay away from sin, and I believe we displease God even when we sin a lot more than lost people who have no clue what they're doing who have no idea what's going on, who are just wandering through life aimlessly, dead in their trespasses and sins, like a zombie, basically, a spiritual zombie. They have, no, they have no idea what they're doing. They're just going according to their nature. And thank God that you know He is merciful. He doesn't just go striking everybody down all the time. I mean, He's wanting us to come to repentance. It's not His will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And he gives us chance after chance. And you know, even though we're not innocent, we still can have mercy. See, none of us are innocent of sin, but God is merciful. And, I, and as Christians, okay, yes, we still sin sometimes, but God is still merciful to us. Well, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 says, For we have not an high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What a wonderful passage that is. We can boldly approach the throne of grace. We can boldly... Approach God and ask for forgiveness. When I pray, every time I go to pray, I don't have to wonder if I'm going to get struck down dead because I'm not worthy. I am worthy now, not because of my works, but because of the work of Jesus Christ. Because His blood cleansed me from my sin. And God forgives me because of Jesus Christ. For His sake. And thank God for that. This goes completely against human reasoning this kind of you know this kind of forgiveness the kind of mercy that God shows us it's beyond our comprehension and l- listen don't mistake God's mercy for approval for the lives that we live and for the sins that are in our life many times it's like God blesses people even when they don't deserve it and so they think well God must not have a problem with the sin that's in my life no he has a problem with it he's grieved by it he's bothered by it but he's He's just a merciful God. And we shouldn't take advantage of that. You know, the Apostle Paul said, you know, what, should we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. You know, how should we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? And just because Jesus understands what we're going through, just because He understands what causes us to sin, it doesn't mean He's okay with it. He's not okay with it. And here's another very important thing, too, that you need to understand. When you got saved, the blood of Christ cleansed you from your sins. You're going to heaven no matter what. You couldn't go to hell if you wanted to. And I know that ruffles the feathers of the crowd that believe you can lose your salvation, but they just need to read their Bible and they'll get over it. But listen, if you're saved, you cannot lose your salvation. You will never go to hell. But listen, the laws of sowing and reaping still apply in this life. okay? But God still loves us and is merciful by letting us keep our salvation and He continues to bless us. And the thing, if you commit certain sins, it doesn't matter that you're saved, it's still going to hurt you. If you go out and you kill somebody, it doesn't matter that you're saved and the blood of Christ has cleansed you from your sins, you're still going to have to go to prison. And you deserve to go to prison. Okay? these things, The laws of sowing and reaping Still apply. Okay, I am still capable of doing some terrible sins if I yield my members, servants to sin, and and the laws of sowing and reaping will still apply. I, I'll have you know the chastening hand of the Lord on my life. But the laws we always need to remember that the laws of sowing and reaping still apply. Many times people think God's forgiven me of my sins, therefore I should never have any consequences. Sorry, the consequences. Are still going to be there. You know you can go out tomorrow. And you can go gamble your life savings away. At Las Vegas. And you can go to God after that. And ask him to forgive you. Of gambling all your money away. And you know what? He'll forgive you. But you'll still be broke. God will not be obligated to bail you out. Of that situation. He'll forgive you for it. You're still going to go to heaven. But you're going to have a rough road financially ahead of you because of what you did. Very important thing to remember. In Galatians 6-7, I believe this applies to the saved as well as the lost. It says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap Reap life everlasting. Listen, you never want to mess with sin. You never want to mess with sin. It's always going to get you in trouble. It's always going to be worse than you thought it was. You're always going to regret it. It's always going to displease God. And But thank God He's still merciful to us. He still forgives us. We don't deserve it one bit. But I, I love those words that Jesus said in the cross. Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. That love that he has for us is something that I can't describe. I can't put into words. It's something that we can't fully comprehend. But understand, while the lost are going to continue to be doing the things that lost people do, while they're still going to be living like animals and doing all the vile things they do, if you're saved today, you have you have no excuse. Okay, yes, God's still going to love you. He's still going to be merciful to you when you sin. But, boy, we ought to do our best to try to just give something back, just to show God we appreciate that salvation that he gave us. And, listen, if you do, you're not going to regret it. You have nothing to lose by being obedient to God. I mean, you only there's only gain with that. And I hope you'll do that. Thank you so much for listening today. I appreciate you putting up with my raspy voice today. And I hope this was a blessing to you. And I hope you'll be back next week as we bring you another message from the Word of God.
0: Thank you for listening to the message this morning by Pastor Tommy McMurtry of Liberty Baptist Church in Rock Falls. We hope you were blessed and invite you to tune in next Sunday at 9.30 a.m. as Pastor Tommy brings you more truths from God's Holy Word. For more information about Liberty Baptist Church visit their website at experience-liberty.com or you can email them at libertybc2011 at att.net.